So as you take a look about happiness, there's no greater feeling than creating happiness and success for other people. Our greatest failures are really actually setting the scene for our most incredible success because of how much it forces us to rebuild. So it really is a lesson in life is learning to love ourselves, okay, and to separate our failures or, uh, or our defeats with who we really are. Both from a personal perspective and from a business or success perspective, learning how to ask for help uh, is, I think, a really, really key one throughout the process. Pick your own level of what success looks like to you and go from where you are to that step, then to the next step, and then to the next step. No one can tell you what success looks like for you. So I'm trying to figure out how do I go from success to significance by helping others create value for themselves. Hey guys, and welcome back to the I Love Success podcast. I am super excited for today's show because it's actually the first time I have two guests on my show, and uh, I'm super grateful for that, father and daughter. And uh, we have just this incredible guest today. We have Richard and Charlie Jaffe. Uh, Richard have built and sold several companies, and he's the guy who sold a company to Coca-Cola and at one point selling 6.5 billion latex gloves a year and voted Forbes magazine best small company in America. His daughter, Charlie, have produced stories for BBC, had a yoga school in Australia, and become an award-winning change maker at Google. But it's the lessons she never wanted to face that taught her the things she didn't know how to learn. Charlie focuses where most conflict begins within. I'm so excited to talk with these two beautiful, amazing human beings. Let's welcome Richard and Charlie Jaffe. Welcome. Thank you. I'm super happy to be here. And I just want to start uh, with, you, with you, Richard. And I know... I listened to a, an interview with you and you, you talked about you've been both successful and happy. And something that I'm truly working on is to redefine the concept of success. So can you just first tell me what's the difference between success and happiness and how have you been able to, to merge them together in your life? Well, success is what we achieve for ourselves. So success is what we build in the world. I mean, everyone measures it differently, so you can pick how you measure success. But happiness truly comes from becoming our own best friend. So happiness is an internal issue of how we feel about ourselves. And uh, success is more oriented to things that we want to achieve. Now, in life, and I'm 67 now, so I've been through several businesses, but I'm also at a stage now where I'm going from success to significance. So success is what you create for yourself and significance is what you create for other people. So as you take a look about happiness, there's no greater feeling than creating happiness and success for other people. And, and how did you, uh, Richard, uh, how, how did you support and deal with, with when you have a daughter in pain? This is something that a, a, lot, of, a lot of parents go through. And like, how do you deal with that? And what, what advice do you want to give to other parents? Sure. And everybody does differently. My wife was completely different than I was. And Charlie had been in an accident and her 
lungs were being coated uh, and she had hard time breathing. And for me, I only saw her, I used my mind, I only saw her getting healthy. I could never look at the dark moments. I was 110% focused on what it would look like when she would get out. And when my wife would say, you know what could happen? I don't want to hear about it. So, so mine, I am very much a one of controlling my thoughts. And so I wouldn't let for a moment that darkness in. And it really was prayer. I mean, at the time, I mean, I've been meditating for 47 years. I do a lot of visualization. But the real issue, when you get down to that moment, when you say to the doctor, what else can we do? And they say, all you can do is pray. You know you're at the mercy, okay, of a higher force. And all you do is pray and keep the mind positive. I mean, I would tell you the same thing when I got into a crisis in business. I would just focus on the light at the end of the tunnel, hoping it wasn't a freight train coming at me, but focus on the out outcome. So I just, the way I deal with it is I deal with this focusing on the outcome and staying positive all the time and trying to control my, my thoughts. But I would tell all my salespeople usually, don't change the present, create the future. So I would create the future in my mind, just like you do in sports, right? I create the future mind, and then I say to myself, is every decision getting me closer or further away? So I'm a lot more focused on how I control my mind. To do that, you have to let go of some of your emotions and stuff some things down. But when you get into crisis where all you're concerned about is getting out of it, we do whatever it takes to get us out of it. And that was my journey. And fortunately, we got very lucky. And she didn't snap out of it. And it took a long time and still feel some of the effects. But at that moment, when it was life or death, I chose to control my mind and only see the positive. Yeah, that's great. Well, one, one other thing about that, I think also is the coping mechanisms that allow us to get through crisis are not the same coping mechanisms that help once we're out. And so I think one of the other big keys is being able to recognize this. Because I know for me, the things that helped me survive and get through that moment, when I didn't know how to let go of those, ended up haunting me and making it so much harder. So I think it's also being able to identify or have a self-awareness around what stage we're in and recognizing that there's downsides to our strengths and upsides to our weaknesses. It's, it's a pretty nuanced, complex thing. And the more we can't always see that ourselves. And that's also why it's so important to talk to others and to ask for help, because that gives others the ability to reflect that back to us so that we have the knowledge to let go of the things that were so helpful before and then no longer serving us. Yeah. Let, let's talk about mindset because people are right now, uh, there's a lot of things going on in the world and the media is making a lot of us crazy, at least some sometimes during the day and then we get back to normal and then we have fear again and then we hear about somebody gotten sick and then we think we're gonna die and this is what's going on in many people's mind right now so can we can we can we give some tangible things to work on i know, I know richard you, you you you're strong in your mind but what is it that you're doing what's the process and how can other people use that in their own lives well, at least for me, I mean, we do not know the future. Okay, this is unprecedented. Okay, and any fear and things are not going to be good for a long time. Okay, but I can't change that. It is what it's going to be. Is so I really try today to keep my mind a in the present. Do what I can to stay healthy, to stay fit, 
to stay out of danger, to do all the things we're told to do. I mean, that's sort of like the, the basic aspect, okay? And then as I do take a look, and that deals with the fear of what might happen in the future. But then when I take a look at, okay, there is change, what do we do? How do I move forward? I take a look, how can I help? Okay, whether it's podcasts, I do some, I sit on a couple of boards, I mentor some entrepreneurs. So how can I help the world? How can I be significant to other people? So I work on that. And then I'm just a, I'm a, I'm a customer advocate. I love pleasing customers. Okay. I lie, love finding out what people need and giving it to them. So for me, I'm taking a look and saying, what's going to change? And how do I help other people see what's coming? And how do we provide to customers? You know, uh, you know our customers have all the answers. Charlie had a great line in the book. It said, uh, you know, uh, Henry Ford said, if I asked my customers what they want, they would have said faster horses, right? So, but he did a production line of cars. And I think Wayne Gretzky said it best when they asked him, they said, Wayne, best hockey player ever lived, not very big, not very fast, not a hard slap shot. How are you so good? And he said, I don't know. I just skate to where the puck is going to be. I just skate to where the puck is going to be. And in business, in life, to be successful, look at what customers are going to need in the future, create services and products they need, and then give it to them. So that's how today in today's environment, I'm trying to say, how do I create value? I continue to ask myself, do I want to be right or do I want to be successful? When I want to be right, I do whatever I think. When I want to be successful, I open up and ask other people and they have more choices. So I'm trying to deal with it the best I can. You know, I'm trying to write. Okay, as I told you, I wrote a beautiful poem about Kobe Bryant this week. So I'm trying to write. I'm trying to get in touch with my own emotions. And for me, that's the way I do it. Yeah, and I would sort of add on to that. Adaptability is so huge right now. And, and that's a big thing of, I think, what we see uh, in, the, in the book is, is we really covered all these incredible ways and thought processes and how my dad was able to adapt to such intense crises. But I think when we look at right now, hope is the only positive emotion that requires negativity or uncertainty to exist. And there is no shortage of negativity and uncertainty right now. But when we look at how do we go from that negativity and that uncertainty to a place of hope and a a place of productivity, there's a lot of different pieces. Uh, One of the big ones is being able to recalibrate our goals. And that's another form of adaptability. And and I can give a couple examples. If we look at something really extreme, which is hopefully way worse than anyone watching now is experiencing, but there's a lot of people who have loved ones in the hospital who are not going to make it. Um, You can say, how could you find hope in that setting? What hope looks like in that setting and what you can hear from a number of people talking is nurses are able to get people on FaceTime uh, and have a couple moments of goodbyes. Now that is a really heart-wrenching thing to think about, but when you go from, this is exactly how I want it to be to, I hope to be able to get one last moment with a person I love, that really shows that hope is possible even in the most dire of situations. Now, we can take that into hopefully something that's much more applicable to different people, Um, but when we look at our expectations, if people have lost their jobs or if people are worried or anxious with the state of the world, it's really about looking at what is a goal that I can set 
that I can't achieve? Where can I build these micro goals that in being able to hit those, that builds a sense of strength that allows us to climb on top of? Because we don't have control over a lot right now. And that can seem really overwhelming. But when we can build in little wins, even if it's something, for example, if someone's having a hard time getting out of bed, a hard time being productive, your goal, your first goal of the day could be making your your bed or making yourself a cup of tea. Uh, We can make goals that are really small. And in doing that, that can give us a sense of momentum. That, That momentum can lead to much bigger goals there. So it might not be the reality that any of us would choose, but I do think that hope is something that we can build in as an adaptive strategy, no matter where we're at. And it's not just an emotion. It really is a form of momentum that can lead to so so many other important milestones and places that we really need to be in or you know m- might need that positive emotive reinforcement for but i think on that last piece is yeah as as my dad had said is looking at how can we help others for some of us you know maybe we're in the position to be able to financially reach out that's definitely needed but for others maybe it's calling someone and asking how they are. There's something about giving back and looking after others uh, and supporting others that can really fill our own bucket as well. And if we're overwhelmed with the negativity of the news, we have the ability to, whether it's calling an older relative or a friend or, or make someone else's day in a little way, it's amazing how much that can in return fill ourselves I want to follow well. up on what Charlie said because I think it's so true. There is a universal uh, truth in life, and it's called giver's gain, okay? You, you give one place, it comes back somewhere else. In life, if you want trust, you have to give out trust. If you want love, you have to give out love. If you want money, you have to give out money. So how do you feel good about yourself in these times of crisis? Is you give. You give out to others. And what you give to others comes back to you in other places. I think also we talked, as I said, Charlie and I wrote a book called turning crisis into success. And we're all in crisis today, but we measure success differently. As Charlie was saying, some of us wanna build big companies, others just wanna be happy. So pick your own level of what success looks like to you and go from where you are to that step, then to the next step, and then to the next step. No one can tell you what success looks like for you. I love that. And uh, we're, we have a couple of more minutes and we're going to end with uh, you reading the poem, poem you wrote in honor of Kobe. But before that, I just want to ask uh, Charlie, uh, there's a lot of people listening to this, watching this, that have a big dream. They have hopes for something in their life. And we're all about sharing stories. But at the end of the day, I want the people that that have spent an hour with us to actually take some action. So what, what's, the, what's the best advice you have for the people watching and listening right now? What should they do right after to get started and get a little bit closer to their dreams? Amazing. Well, I, I would say if someone already knows what that dream is, um, go tell someone else. There's something really powerful, I think, that happens when we don't just have our plans, but we share them. Um, and I think, you know, for many people, they may not be at the point where they know exactly what that dream is. And, and I would say if you're in that boat, I would, I would say the best first step is to look within, 
Um, whether that's sitting down and journaling and reflecting of what makes me feel full, when do I feel most energized? When do I feel most alive? What do I care about most? Um, that identification piece, if we don't know where it is, and if we already, if we already know where it is and, and we've already shared it with people, I would say the next thing, which we've talked about throughout this is asking for help. Uh, if you're not, if, if you're intimidated and you haven't made that step, um, whether it's looking through the internet to identify someone, but look for someone who could help you on your journey and reach out and ask for help. Uh, and I would say you don't actually even need to know what the dream is yet to do that. If you're still figuring it out, ask for help in figuring it out. I would say that's really a super strong practice um, to help you figure things out, but it's also a muscle that you can build that'll help you along the way. Thank you for sharing that. Here, I would, I would add that if people are listening, they choose to, uh, they can read or listen to our book, uh, Turning Crisis into Success. And when they're done, we have a website, crisisintosuccess.com. And there's a place where they can send us questions and we will answer them. Okay. So the real issue is once you go through, you see other people going through crisis, getting out of it. You know, I started writing the book on happiness and success and how they merge. But in the end, it morphed into Charlie asking me, teach me, my friends, how did you keep your emotional stability through crisis? And that, that's really where the, so we are willing to help if we're the right answers. If we're not, ask somebody else. But um, to go out there and, and to really figure out what is success to you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And we're going to we're gonna end this podcast with a tribute to Colby. I'm going to take my hat off. The reason why I have a hat today is because I haven't been able to go to the hairdresser. So I'm, I, I, my apologies. I, I, I'm going to order a buzzer. Well, I have to tell you that firstly, I'm a part owner of the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. So I've rooted against Colby for many, many years. And I've loved to hate him and I hated to love him but he was a incredible human being. And so here's a poem called uh, Kobe Remembrance. And this is my reflection for him. It goes like this. Maybe once in a generation, a special player comes along whose grace flows like poetry, yet whose spirit fights so strong. Kobe's passion burns so brightly to prove he was the all-time best. When his teammates didn't work as hard, he would never let them rest. From early morning workouts to a late night shoot around, he drove everyone towards greatness. No one was better pound for pound. As the years just flew right by him, he won five championship rings garnering all the fame and accolades bestowed upon movie stars and kings. But as father time pursued him and took away his youthful prime, he saw his own career was ending. It was someone else's time. He morphed into a teacher to, to give back lessons he had learned, reminding all who would listen Greatness is not given, it must be earned. He turned his focus onto others, helping them to grow and succeed, providing skillful guidance for whatever they might need. A loving father and caring husband to his daughters and adoring wife, 
they became the center of his universe, the greatest passion in his life. Then one foggy Sunday morning, the Black Mamba's life was ripped away. The whole world cascaded into mourning. It can't be true, we all would pray. But life provides no promises for how long we each will live. Every day is a precious blessing to be grateful and forgive. For Kobe was a cherished soul who rests in heaven high above, but his memory will live forever inside our hearts and tears of love. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. That was so beautiful. And um, Richard and Charlie, I'm, I'm just so grateful that we got to meet virtually. What you don't know about me, I, I never did this virtually before because I always m believe in sitting down eye to eye and c truly connecting. But I I'm learning that it's possible to connect in different ways. And, and I, I feel connected to, to both of you. And uh, I'm super grateful for your time. Uh, thank you so much. Well, thank you. And we'd love to support you to reach that 10 million people of helping. And no, I don't want you to limit yourself, though. I want you to be able to go even further. Okay, but that's a good first step. Thank you. Absolute, absolute pleasure. And everybody, thank you for listening in to the I Love Success podcast. And uh, what I want to say to you, uh, we talk about that big goal of me helping a lot of people. I can't do it myself. We are a tribe. We're in this together. So if you think this conversation with Richard and Charlie was uh, of benefit to you, please share it with somebody that it could help. Uh, check us out at ilovesuccess.co. We almost have 200 conversations right now with incredible thought leaders, just like Richard and Charlie. And yeah. Go out and do something with your life, but don't go out if you're not allowed to yet. <laughs> Be safe and healthy. Take care now. Hope to see you soon. You bye too. Bye. Bye.